0: to Raji's Real Talk. Uh, this is January 13th, 2020. We made it! It's in 2020. Uh, yeah. Well, anyways, um, I've gone over a lot of the little things that I've really wanted to talk about, so I guess I'll start with some big things, because like, I, I've kind of been saving like the bigger... Um, bigger aspects of my life until the later podcasts. I've been sort of going with immediacy stuff, although I mean, I, like my first <laughs> podcast was about atheism, so uh, that's a little different, but like, atheism, I thought, I think had, like, a lot less to tell. It wasn't, like, this huge story how I became an atheist It just sort of Happened, right? Like, it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't long winded, anyways, is what I'm trying to say. So, um, today, I think I'm gonna probably talk about no, I'm gonna talk about music, and this is a big one because this is like my life. Music is generally speaking my life, like, I have. Two or three big hobbies. I love sports, especially hockey. I watch hockey and baseball a lot. Um, I love games. But even then, like, I'm, like, in between a hardcore and casual gamer. Like, the games that I like, I'll go super hardcore for, and they can be quite obscure. Like, it's not, like... I play, like, I'm, like, oh, I'm playing Animal Crossing, although I love Animal Crossing, like, or I'm playing Stardew Valley, or, you know, stuff that, like, casual gamers can get into, like, I'm talking stuff like Earthbound, Grandia 2, Chrono Trigger, like, stuff like that, like, I love those games, right, but, like, overall, would I call myself, like, a hardcore gamer? No, I wouldn't really call myself a hardcore gamer, so... Yeah, anyways, um, I'm going to talk about music for a bit. Uh, I'll try not to make this, like, a huge thing. Maybe I'll make it a two-parter. But I'll start where, like, I started with music. I don't know, ever since I was a little kid, like, I don't even know how old I was. Probably, like, four, five, six, who knows. Like, I had one of those Fisher-Price things where, like, you had a tape recorder and you could record yourself sing because there was like a microphone attached to it. It was like a shitty microphone, but still. And like embarrassingly, I, I sung Milli Vanilli and stuff and all this all, all this like, cringy stuff. Ironically enough, Milli Vanilli, uh, got found out of not singing their own songs, so you know, I actually had more authenticity than they did. So plus to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, cause I loved to blame it on the rain when I was like four or five years old, like when it had just come out or whatever. Right. Well, I guess six cause I think it was 1990, but correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it was 1990 when that song came out. My first tape I owned was snows in for like a self is it? It might have been Informer, too, but, like, like that's the song I liked, obviously, but, like, um, oh, 12 Inches of Snow. Yeah, sorry. That's right. That was my first tape. My first CD was Nirvana's Bleach, and that's when I really started to get into music, because my brothers were highly influential in what I was listening to, like, um... Cause they listened to a lot of grunge and I mean, they're seven, they're seven years older than I am. Right. So their tastes were a little bit more refined than, you know, six, seven, eight, nine year old, 10 year old me. Right. Uh, so like, yeah, they got me into like silver chair, Alice in Chains, like, um, Nirvana, uh, Soundgarden, Stone Temple Pilots. Like all the stuff in the 90s, all the 90s grunge stuff, I was really into. And then, like, other stuff, like Tragically Hip and stuff like that, like the Canadian stuff, Matthew Good Band, you know, stuff like that. And I just found a real love and passion for music. Like, in my early years, it wasn't too hard for me to do that. And I don't know, it just kept growing from there. Like I remember, and obviously like, it's like my brothers were always making fun of me. But like I had like this Anjo, that's like the brand name. I had this like little acoustic guitar, but I would sit it on my lap and play it instead of actually playing it the way it's properly meant to be played. And they'd always make fun of me because uh, I would like try to play Nirvana dive because it was really easy to play, but I'd only play it on one string, and then they'd be like. Whoa, whoa, whoa you can't play, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, like, you know, I was just really attracted to music from an early age, like really quickly. It didn't take me long, but um, yeah. So I don't know. And then I'd say when, when I started going to high school, maybe just before high school, like when I was 13, 14, is when, like, I would say my love of music became, like, top tier. Like, that was my love, and that was it. Like, I would make mixed CDs. I would make all these stuff, things, or tapes. Like, because CD Burners had just came out, so I would make, I would made, C, like, CDs and stuff. But, yeah, like, obviously I made, like, mixtapes before that. Um, but, yeah, I just... I don't know. I just really got into that kind of stuff. And, uh, over the years, I switched, like my favorite genre of music switched and my favorite bands switched like all the time. And I, I figure that to me, that's evolution. Like you don't stay the, like a music lover who's like more mainly a music lover. Cause I can understand people that are like casually into music, where they kind of like, like the same stuff and they kind of stay with it, which, I mean, that's kind of what my brothers are. They pretty much like the same stuff they liked when they were like 18, 19. Like, uh, I mean, one of my brothers is kind of evolved and likes other stuff, but like, you know, overall, I would say they pretty much like what they liked then. Like they didn't evolve that much. Whereas me, myself, I've evolved a lot. Like, when I was 13, 14, I was super into nu metal. Uh, it's like, I mean, like any uh, late, I guess, late millennial, pretty much. Like, cause I guess that's what where we are in our 30s, like 35. We'd be like the late millennials or whatever, or early millennials, I don't, I forget how it works, well, I think, actually, I think it's early millennials, because it, When oh, am I talking about late millennials, I'm an idiot, no, it would be early, early millennials, so it's, they always say, like, zenials like, we take a lot of our stuff from Generation X, but also, we're millennials, because we're just on the cusp of, like, when it started, so, yeah. Um, <clears throat> sorry, 35, I'm still going through puberty, I apologize, Um, yeah, so, like, uh, where was it going, oh, yeah, so, yeah, like, a lot of us, Xennials, I mean, especially in my school, anyone who's in heavy into music was, like, into System of a Down, like, Slipknot, Deftones, Korn, like, Limp Bizkit, like, all this, like, new metal stuff, and a lot of that, like, I mean, I don't know, like, maybe we were aggro, I have no idea, but I mean, like, a good friend of mine in grade 10, who, like, because one of the bands who actually stayed with me because they evolved was Daptones, and one of my friends, Mike, um, he was, like, well, I'm into, like, Weezer, and, like, have you ever really listened to Weezer? Because I had only heard Buddy Holly at that point, I didn't really actually listen to Weezer at that point, but, sorry, I had to take a drink of water every now and then, so, I apologize, um, and I was like, okay, let's check out, because Death Notes had done a cover of Say It Ain't So by Weezer, right, so, um, so that's a lie. I did listen to "Say It So," but the cover version. So I don't count it as like I listened to like Weezer's version, right? So I picked up the Blue album, and then I instantly I was like, in caps uh, just captured, like I, I <laughs> not encapsulated. Uh, I was just enchanted by like that sound. Like I really liked that indie sound, and it was like surf rocky, and it was cool, and you know I just really liked it. So. I think in like grade ten ish, like when I was sixteen, um, that's when I started to branch off of new metal. I was like, basically like done with new metal. I was like, pff, okay, I'm like, other than Deftones, um, sometimes Slipknot. Um, there was a, there are a few bands I still listen to, but let's just say like. If you looked at my CD wallet, like, I had a big CD wallet. They weren't in my heavy rotation. That's when I started to get into bands like Thrice and Cohen Cambria and, like, I don't know, like, uh, adhesive, Uh, like, I don't know, lots of, like, punk, but pop-punk more, but technical (laughs) pop-punk. It's weird to say that, like, it's just a lot more like punk rock, but the technical side, my complex, um, just stuff like that, Choke, um, yeah, uh, Monine, which was more indie and stuff, but, yeah, like, I was into more punk, indie, emo stuff, because I got into, like, Dashboard Confessional, and I got into, like, further Scenes Forever, well, that was, like, more, like, uh, I was getting closer to when the internet was coming around, and I didn't have the internet like fully until like 97, so, but when I got the internet, I had cable, so like instead of dial-up, so I was like on, um, redacted all the time getting music, so, uh, I just said redacted because I just don't want to implicate myself, um, (laughs) anyways, I probably implicated myself by saying getting music, but anyway. Um, But yeah, like, it was a huge thing back then, of course. The uh, Metallica lawsuit and everything canceled that, but still, like, it was when I started to branch out, and, like, there's a a chat program called MIRC, or IRC was, like, the actual interface, but MIRC was a client. And then I started to get into more music that way because there were a lot of albums that, I, that were, they would, like, come out, and then I'd get, I'd grab them or whatever, and, like, a lot of the times, I'd just grab random albums sometimes, because of, uh, just how I wanted to try things out, so I was, I started to get into the mood of, like, trying things out more, and that's when I got into, like, more indie music than punk music. Like, I changed again from less punk music to more, like... I still liked Coheed and Cambria and stuff. Because Coheed, I felt, like, had crossover appeal. Because they were, like, punk... They were kind of punky, but they were really proggy and indie, too. So, they had a lot of crossover appeal. Same with Thrice. So, yeah, like, I kept those people around. But, like... Adhesive and everybody else, like, Mill and Colin and all that, they kind of went to the side, whereas, like, Choke, Cohen, Cambrian Thrice kind of stayed because they had crossover appeal, and they had, like, they were technical, and I really liked technical sounding stuff, um, but I, uh, <clears throat> I started to listen to, like, The Fall of Troy and more, like, screaming stuff, like... I at, had at, at a point where I, like, I didn't like screaming music, but then, like, I just got into it, like, all of a sudden, just because, like, instrumentally, like, the music was so good that I just couldn't really deny it anymore, so I just sort of got into that stuff, so I got into, like, Screamo, and, like, I guess you would call Screamo or whatever, like, Grade, and fall of Troy, and, like, I don't know. I'm stupid, because I can't really name stuff off the top of my head anymore, but, uh, anyways, you get the picture, um, oh, for dire life's sake, too, as well, um, and then, like, I got into stuff like that, Hope's Fall, jeez, I can't believe I, I, I wouldn't mention Hope's Fall, Hope's Fall changed my life, and, like, Converge, and Isis the Band, and Cave In, like, that stuff came in, like, towards the, like, when I was 17, 18, like, towards the very end of my high school. Like, I just really started to expand into that stuff. And then I really liked that stuff for a while. And that stuff carried over, like, that, I think that era of music in that point is when I, it started to carry over like, more, like, I didn't, like, just quit listening to bands anymore, like, um, the bands were just so good that I just kept with them, like, again, like, Hope's Fall, and, like, Ice is the Band, and Converge, and stuff like that, they, they were good, they were legitimately good, so I stick, I stuck with them, right, um, but, like, I don't know. That's when I started to get interested in actually playing music. So, uh, when I was seventeen, my dad gave me my first acoustic guitar, like, uh, and I still have it to this day. Cause uh, before he passed, he fixed it for me, like, back in I don't know if it was in twenty seventeen or if it was early twenty eighteen. Uh, cause I had a tuner thing knob missing, but I gone through a few guitars cause I ended up like buying them and then I couldn't afford to have them. So I'd sell them. But, uh, right now I have that acoustic and I have a Squire Jazzmaster double H, which is really cool. And my brother gave me his PV amp, which would have been probably pretty crappy, but I fixed it because I, uh. I put a Celestion speaker in there, and Celestion's like a really good brand, and it made it sound really good. So, but yeah, when I was 17, I started to actually play music, and it it took me a while. And like, I would play music, but I couldn't sing while I was playing. I mean, that's and that comes with practice, and now I can, it's not a big deal. Like, I mean. Uh, it's, I mean, it's not, like, even now, It's still sometimes, depending on how hard a chord is, like, I don't do it that great sometimes, but overall, I'm pretty good at it, like, I mean, I've I've had a lot of practice doing it, so, um, but yeah, like, around 17, 18 is when I started playing music, and started recording music for the first time because I really wanted to record music because I was like writing poetry and I was like, man, this could be lyrics. Right. And I like, I just, and I really liked singing and my singing voice was terrible then. It's not like it's great, great now, but like it's, it's greatly improved in comparison. Like I can actually sing quite decently. Like, I mean, and a lot of my favorite singers are not singers that, like, can belt out falsettos and belt out all these, like, crazy notes. They're more raw and, like, from the heart type singers like Elliot Smith was. Or even Connor Oberst from Bright Eyes. Like, stuff like that. Uh, but, Yeah. It's just, uh, I I got really interested in doing that stuff, so, yeah, I recorded a lot of stuff, um, I still haven't put out an album, which is kind of a bummer, and that's, uh, like, how many years, like, 17 years, and I still haven't put out an album, I put out odds and ends and stuff, and I put out, like, probably 30 plus songs, like, a lot of them are unfinished. I uh, probably put out about at least an EP's worth of songs that are actually finished and everything is done on them, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's my goal for 2020 for sure is to record an album and get it finished. So yeah, there's that. Um, so yeah. Um, so 1820, uh, I, got, I was into that stuff and like I think that was my longest era where everything was pretty much like yeah like indie, emo, uh hardcore, and then of course uh, I met a couple of my friends who are into like super duper like real metalheads, not like friggin' like fake metalheads that are like into like I don't know fucking five finger death punch and stuff like that and Avenged Sevenfold. I'm like. No offense, those bands are fine, but they're not like you know deep metal or anything, right? They're metal influenced, I would say. They're hard rock that's metal influenced. So, like, stuff like Mayhem and Burzum and Immortal Dissection Dissection for sure. Because the first, like, the Sombre Lane and Storm at the Light's End, I think that's the second album that's it's called. Those two albums really, really, I, I can't get enough of those out. Even today, I, I can listen to those albums and they're amazing. I don't justify anything that these people have done, because I have no idea. Lots, of, lots of like black metal and like death metal, and of course Opeth. Opeth's different. Opeth's actually pretty chill, um, but like the black metal and all those artists are more like they have sketchy things like, uh, there probably are some of them that are white supremacists, I would say. Um, so none of it was in their lyrics that I heard or anything. Uh, a lot of them were screaming vocals anyways, so I wouldn't have heard them. Uh, so I don't condone white supremacy, obviously even remotely. I'm not even close to that, but like the music was good. Like, the music that they that my friends showed me was good. Like, it influenced me again. And then I would... it Like, the more... I find the more influences you grab... Um, you just, like... It makes you better musically. Because you just don't stick to... Like, one particular formula when you're writing. You continue to try to... Like mix genres, or, you know, just, you know, figure out your own shit, which is nice, which is awesome, so, yeah, there's that, so, I did that for a while, but, like, still kept all the same, like, stuff I did, like, when I was 18, 19, 20, um, and then, like, I kind of got back into, like, the stuff I was into, when I was in t- when I was ten, because I realized that stuff was actually good, and, like it wasn't bad or like like I really got back into Matthew Good band. I was I'm huge into Matthew Good band, like Our Lady Peace, um, like more al- alternative rock, like you know like those two and you know I I went back and checked like '90s records that uh, I hadn't checked really, and I was like oh like. Harvey Danger's Where Have All the Merry Makers Gone. Fantastic record. Like, it's so good. Like, people obviously heard Flagpole said a million times, and they're like, oh, well, they're just a one-hit wonder. But if you listen to that record, that record is fucking amazing. Like, that's one of my favorite records now. Like, it's just, like... Yeah, I don't know. Stuff like that. Even, like, semi-sonic stuff. Like and, like, these one-hit wonders, and, like, there's stuff on, like, Third Eye Blinds records that are really good, um, Marcy Playground has quite a few good songs, like, all these one-hit wonders that had, aren't really, to me, weren't really one-hit wonders, because if you listen to their stuff deeper, they actually had a lot of, like, talent there, so, yeah, um, I don't know, and then like, I <sighs> Mother Earth was huge. Like, I got into I Mother Earth a lot again, but like this time with more of the newer stuff without Edwin, because like Blue Green Orange and the Quicksilver Meat Dream are really, really, really good albums. Like, I would recommend them highly as well. Like a lot of Canadian alternative rock is very experimental and different. So that's what I really liked about it. And like with Matthew Good, it was just like more, it was experimental and good, but it was also very poetic and he's an excellent writer. So that's why I really got back into him. And like if you listen to Tragically Hip, obviously R.I.P. Gord Downey, uh, but like, you know, like even even the later records, Like, a lot of the later records before he passed were really good, too. Like, I mean, there's... The Tragically Hip had a lot of good records, you know, so... And then, like, I'll shout out again, like, R.I.P. Neil Pert from Rush, because another band was Rush. Like, when I was into Coheed and Cambria, like, I really did deep dives into Rush because, I mean, even though Claudio Sanchez, the lead singer of Cohen Gambier, said he didn't really get a lot of influence from Rush and never really heard them much, and I can believe it because, like, King Crimson and stuff like that could have influenced them more, but, like, Rush, to me, was, like, just so phenomenal, and, like, Neil Burt, like, basically did most of everything. He wrote the songs, like, I mean, he was a phenomenal drummer, he was, like, top 5, at least top 10, but I'd say top 5, drummer of all time, like, he was just ridiculous on the kit, and, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's just, uh, like, I got into that stuff really hard, and, yeah, so, um, So I think I'll just end that here because it's like, there's another section, obviously like into my late twenties and now, which is like my big ascent into hip hop because like, I really, really like hip hop now and it's probably the genre I listen to the most, which is funny because like it just came out of nowhere, but, um, yeah, like most definitely hip-hop, it deserves a deep-dive episode again, so I'll call this music part one, so uh, until next time, uh, this has been Raji keeping it real, so peace out, and listen to Macho Man's Man." R.I.P. Macho, it's the best rap record ever.